Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of The Graw Pod. I'm your host, Doug Graw, together again with Gary Randall. Gary, welcome back. Thanks, Doug. Looking forward to another great interview with another interesting guest. Yes, we're looking forward to it as well. And we're talking about a topic that it's a little bit surprising that it doesn't get more attention, and that's vehicle maintenance. I agree, Doug. I think sometimes it's not thought of enough. And really, there's two components that we'll get into a little bit today in the conversation. It's the roadside repair type maintenance, and it's also the preventive maintenance. And I think both are equally as important. I think when we talk with the leaders of trucking companies, maintenance gets a lot of attention, rightfully so. I mean, it's a top three, top five cost in most organizations, but in the industry, in the news, it maybe doesn't get as much attention as perhaps it deserves. Because like you said, you're dealing with the roadside stuff, you're dealing with the preventative stuff. If you have your own shops, you're dealing with shop management and all the things that go along with shop management. There's a lot of regulatory things going on and legal things going on in the maintenance world, it's a big deal. And something if you're very good at can really differentiate your company and be a difference maker to your bottom line. Yeah, it impacts the bottom line. And it impacts the bottom line, not just in the cost of taking care of the repair or taking care of the truck, but it impacts the bottom line from a retention standpoint as well. So you think about that cost and the enormity of that at any carrier. When you've got equipment that's well-maintained and trouble-free to drivers or contractors, that goes a long way toward having them stick around and want to work with your company. Yeah, like you said, a lot of times, don't let your equipment problems become your driver's equipment problems. Having that happen, then you start having retention issues. So we're excited about the guest we have today. Gary, we were able to identify Mary Akavan from FleetNet America, and we're happy to have her join us. Yeah, we met Mary through a customer of ours. She's been a great resource for us in terms of questions that we've had regarding maintenance issues. It's been great getting to know Mary and learning more about the company she works for and companies like that. They provide a great service to carriers, and I think we'll hear that during the interview process. And Doug, let's bring her on board. We're very happy to welcome from FleetNet America, Mary Akavan. Mary, thank you very much for taking the time, and we're here to talk about an issue It's for as important and as big a deal as it is to trucking companies. And I think when you talk with trucking company owners, it gets the attention it deserves, but it seems like in the industry and the general commentary, it doesn't get enough attention. And that is maintenance. At the end of the day, maintenance is such a huge expense. It's such a driver of profitability. When trucking companies are good at staying on top of their equipment, that they tend to be more profitable. And I'm looking forward to having this discussion to talk about such a critical issue. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's kind of start at a basic level. What do you see going on in the maintenance world for trucking? What would you say are some of the hot topics, some of the bigger issues you're seeing your clients deal with? Well, like everybody in the world, we're all experiencing the new norm over the past 18 months. It's either forced us or allowed for us to take a closer look at how we're doing business. Parts shortages, tech shortages, driver shortages, all of those things are contributing factors in the fleet operations. As a service provider, we deal with the same things. We have lack of a better term and advantage of having our massive vendor network that we've been building over the years, cultivating great relationships that we are able to access and utilize to provide these maintenance repairs to our customers. Many of the fleet operations that I work with, they're used to having their maintenance teams kind of either spread out across different cities, even sometimes throughout the entire country. And although that concept of the remote work was still kind of relatively new to them when things happened February, March of last year, this tech shortage really kind of made 
people jump into gear and take a look at what they're going to do here. So that put many companies in a position to take a look at what their options are for outsourcing a portion, in some cases, their entire maintenance program. Fast forward to today. There's still many companies that did not pivot to remote. Other fleets also did learn that solid relationships with maintenance providers can essentially act as an extension of their existing maintenance team, not necessarily have to replace them or completely revamp the wheel. Again, some of this was by choice. Other cases, they had no choice, no other option due to no parts, no techs, just diminishing workforce across the board. A number of fleets are opting to continue managing their maintenance programs remotely or allowing their workforce to continue working remotely. With FleetNet or the right process, a third-party service provider like us, we're here to support those maintenance needs and the remote workforce. These can both be effective and cost-effective ways to manage your maintenance costs. What's nice about you joining us today is when you think about the breadth of services that FleetNet has available, you can piecemeal some stuff and kind of maybe just help carriers in a couple of very specific ways, but you can also kind of be full service and handle a little bit of anything and everything. So you see carriers with a wide variety of needs. What would you describe as you're talking to a potential client, as you're saying, this is where we can help you out very effectively? What's kind of your wheelhouse type of client? Well, the emergency roadside services is typically what we start with. We have another division of a TM care total maintenance program. Oftentimes, though, that'll follow up to customers familiarizing themselves with FleetNet through our emergency roadside service program. But as you had mentioned, and as I had touched on, it's not necessarily a complete rearrangement of your business structure and operations. Maybe it's nights and weekends. Maybe it's overflow. Maybe it's holidays. We're here 24-7, 365 with all of our employees So it's real people, 24-7, 365, managing your maintenance needs. Emergency roadside, those needs aren't going anywhere. Trucks are breaking down, never going to change. So it's good to know that you have the option to pick up the phone and call us once a month or 100 times a day. There's no requirement or minimum usage for FleetNet. And Gary, I know when you've run operations, you've run operations with a variety of different types of support services from maintenance. You've seen it in-house, you've seen it outside service, you've seen outside service for certain hours and all that kind of stuff. What would you say are some of the things that you wanted out of a emergency roadside assistance help for the fleet when you were running operations? I think it's the ability to react quickly. Most of the time that truck that's broke down on the side of the road is under load and under a schedule that they're trying to keep up. Reacting quickly, I think, is the first piece. The second piece is the ability to have some cost control. So Mary, how does that work with your customers where there's a breakdown on the side of the road and the cost is going to be X and above, you have to get confirmation to make that repair? How does that situation work? That's exactly right. So the way that we start off is by customizing the profile of protocols. If it's going to be a tow with X amount of miles or two of the steer tires, or we anticipate the repair to be over $1,000, however you have that set up, we'll have the protocol in place where when we receive that request for service, whether that's coming in, somebody picking up the phone through the web portal with an online dispatch form or mobile app, that individual receiving that information will immediately be viewing the customer's profile to see if that aligns with how we have it structured to go ahead and proceed with dispatching the appropriate vendor, or if we need to take some steps 
steps to contact a terminal manager or fleet manager to talk about it or get some approval before we proceed with that dispatch. The second piece or another piece is the history. So Mary, maybe you could talk toward that. If we were using you as a vendor, we had a relationship, would you be able to provide a history of the unit so that we could see if there was a reoccurring problem with that particular unit? That's correct. Yes. When we set up the profile too, in the beginning, we upload a unit list. These are the units that we have approval to work on. And again, if there is a request that comes in, perhaps it's an owner operator pulling a trailer from our customer, but the owner operator isn't with the customer directly we have an approval process to proceed replacing that steer tire. But to answer your question, yes, we store all of the events, uh, transactions in history by unit. We can be alerted that we recently received a request on this unit. That's actually a pop-up that we'll receive if it was a recent request. Or the customers have direct access to the secured web portal to go in and pull it up by the unit. Say, hey, wait a second, perhaps FleetNet did not service it most recently, but they can still go in there and pull it up, unit 17.8. We just did this oil change last week. Why are we saying that we need to tighten this filter and add more oil two days later? Things like that. So yes, there is unit history information that we store and it's all updated in real time real time being two to three minutes. And I think this type of service that you're describing, this ability, I think what Gary's question gets at very well is the ability to be smart with, okay, I know right away this driver's calling. I've dealt with this truck before. I've dealt with this issue before. And don't make the driver feel like he or she has to explain everything over and over and over again. That ability to be smart, I think it sounds like it's a key issue. Yeah, absolutely. And I've worked with some driver councils through customers and developing ways to better some of our tools. And I will say that a lot of the feedback that we get from the fleet managers and driver managers is confidence. Driver confidence, knowing that when they open up that app, that they can actually punch in their unit number anytime and get that real-time update. They don't need to call in to their location manager or if it's the middle of the night, wait for some updates to come from down the line. They have access to the updates, which drivers are very, very fond of. So yeah, the driver confidence is very important. That really becomes a retention issue. Absolutely. Retention is such a huge part of the industry. It's such a big issue. Yes, pay is a big part of that. Yes, utilization is a big part of that. But that comfort level, that safety factor of knowing if something happens, I have people that I can trust. They're going to take care of me. They're going to take care of me properly. They're going to recognize that it's January. It's nine o'clock at night. I'm in North Dakota. It's cold. It's windy. I need this taken care of now. That's huge. Yeah. If possible, pulling up their coordinates, we can see where they're located. We're going to try and guide them to the safest location if possible, if we can get that unit moved. Driver safety, bottom line, are a few of the most important driving factors when considering any program for emergency roadside or overall maintenance, at least in my opinion, those are. And those needs vary fleet by fleet. Fleet managers all have different ideas of what makes up a solid maintenance program. Our emergency roadside services are about downtime, getting that unit up and running as quickly as possible so our customers can meet those pickup and delivery appointments. Less time spent on the side of the road, less exposure that driver also has to any obstacles or safety issues. There will no doubt be less emergency needs on the side of the road repairs if we have a solid maintenance program. So we're tracking all of this. We're trying to make sure that one, we get you up and running as fast as possible. We're going to track the downtime of every single event. And then also your overall number of events. 
when we're working together closely with our customers, we want to make sure that we see that number drop. Gary, that goes back to something you talked about is that cost. You want to understand what your costs are when you're managing your fleet. And it's the cost, both in terms of dollars out the door, this repair costs X amount of dollars, but that downtime and having that data on a buy truck basis, as well as on a per truck basis is really helpful to knowing how you're doing on maintenance and knowing where you can make improvements. I think that's right, Doug. It's important to understand the cost from a whole bunch of different aspects. What are you going to buy in the future? What kind of equipment have you had success with? What kind of costs come up in terms of delays and how can you try to avoid that? What it really comes down to is something we've talked about before, which is it's important for the carriers to not let their equipment issues become the driver equipment issues. That's kind of what Mary's addressing. What I hear her saying is, is that there's a program in place that can help. It's a reactive program. It can measure cost. There's a history of repairs. That all adds up to create driver confidence. And that, as you mentioned, Doug, that's going to help the retention of your drivers, which is a huge cost factor for any carrier. And use the data. When you have data, whether it's from a vendor like a FleetNet or someone else, you have data, make sure you're using an issue I know that we see, and I'm sure, Mary, that you see, if you can talk a little bit about this, is we're arming you with data, but I don't know if anybody's using it. Sure. Touching back on the cost factory by unit, we can also track that by driver. For multiple locations, we can track by terminal or locations. What do we see being done at Terminal A that we can take some of these best practices since they're obviously setting the standard here, benchmarking compared to all the other ones? What are some of those best practices that we can carry on over to the other locations? So tracking it by location, by driver, and then also most importantly, by the breakdown on the systems level through the VMRS coding, which is what FleetNet does on every single repair that we handle. That's the vehicle maintenance reporting standards. Again, like you just said, we provide the information. Sometimes we see customers logging in every single day. Other times there's customers that, especially in the beginning, I would expect it too, that we set aside the time to help them better understand the information. We also conduct biannual and annual reviews with our customers to let them know this is what we're finding. On that systems level, that is providing so much information on your fleet that can help with either warranty or policy capture. Again, back to the driver training, we can get an idea of who's doing pre and post. Does this align with your PM program? Are we seeing your compliance better? Are we seeing less of these breakdowns? That's what we expect. But that data is there and it's great. I review it for my customers. <laughs> I don't really give them much of a choice. We have to go through it together. <laughs> I'm curious about a specific data point. And I think Gary of some pain points that you and I dealt with or have dealt with and still seeing people. It sounds kind of one of those dumb, simple things, but it's huge. It's wait times. It's literally how long was this driver on the phone waiting to have this problem addressed? I encourage carriers to test that. If you have a driver that breaks down, how long does it take them to get a response? How long at noon? How long at five o'clock at night? How long at midnight to get a feel? Because that's a pain point that should be so preventable. With providing the fleets with all of the tools to get that direct line of communication going without having to pick up the phone, there's something to be said too about our industry. There's a large portion of our drivers that perhaps English is a second language. You have to keep that in mind when you're requesting or requiring somebody to use technology. 
And then also comfort level with technology. So I wouldn't say simplifying it, but very straightforward information required to start that process through the mobile app, just putting in GPS ping the locations. That's very helpful. January nights, side of the road, you don't know the mile marker. We can find out exactly where you are just by using the app. And then putting in tire position, if it's tire failure, we have it on your profile set up, who we need to go to for the first choice for the tire OEM. We'll capture your account information to get that purchase credit for your accounts, things like that. But really not having to pick up the phone, sit there and wait, because then that goes into the dispatch time. How long is it taking to find the vendor? As of right now, we know what the shortage is. It's taking longer than normal. Toss in inclement weather or some other contributing factor. It's the best case scenario for everyone involved to get that request sent to the service provider as quickly as possible. That's usually through a mobile app or online dispatch form. That's great information. So if you kind of put yourself in your customer's shoes, you're thinking to yourself, and this is before they've engaged with FleetNet. You're responsible for the fleet. How are you going to go about evaluating whether or not to try to keep managing it in-house, whether or not to use an outside vendor? And then if you are going to use an outside vendor, how do you evaluate the vendor options that are out there? So I think first, it's most important to just get down to the basics. Are you taking a reactive approach? Are you only trying to find solutions for these problems when they're right in front of you? Or are you trying to get in front of it to where you have an established vendor network, whether it's locked in rates with service providers, whatever that might be. A lot of times it's just manpower. They don't have the time or the people to create this process and program. And so when they learn that there's an option to outsource it, but really with outsourcing it with certain providers, we act as an extension of your maintenance team. Familiarize ourselves with your fleets, with your units, with your locations. Obviously we have that familiarity with our vendor network. So if you have dedicated lanes, chances are we're working on your units in some of the similar areas. But when we get into customers' locations or speak with customers and find out that it's just a crisis aversion, just a lot of times those vendors are paying to be advertised. That doesn't necessarily mean that because you went on Google, put in the location, a vendor pops up, that it is either the most qualified or available option for you. Going back to that downtime, that will ultimately, without question, result in more downtime if you're just kind of casting the net out there and seeing what you can get. No, that makes a lot of sense. I think what we're hearing is if you don't have the expertise in-house, take a fair look at whether or not there's expertise outside that can help you deal with such a huge cost item for any trucking company. Sure. Or consider any service provider a piloting program or piloting a location to see if this works with your existing business model. Sometimes it might not, or sometimes you could learn from the process after a few cycles. Maybe we could actually develop our own internal, whatever that might be, but just flying by the seat of your pants, as we know with the costs, being on the side of the road, we're at the mercy of when that vendor is going to show up, we're at the mercy of what that charge could be. It's not a vendor fault. It could be a part availability, time of day. There's so many contributing factors that results in our customers being in unique and sometimes uncomfortable positions with their breakdowns. Not that there's ever a comfortable one, but just having somebody manage that for you. And then all the way down the line to the billing. Is this valid? Are these services which were rendered what we requested? Did they do more? Why did they use a new? We told them we only wanted a recap. We have a dispute for this. Not having to pass that off to anyone in your company, but instead letting your service provider handle that is huge. With an outside vendor that's got some expertise, obviously you can't disclose confidential information from one client to another. We're always going to respect that, but you can get some benchmarking, if you will, of, hey, carrier, you've got some costs that are out of line compared to some 
competitors or to some other trucking companies, but also because I'm a believer of the best benchmark is against yourself. If you're just continuing to improve, that's all you need to do. But having that organization of costs, having that organization of data, having that industry expertise can really help you learn and improve quickly. Yeah. And we do have several fleets of all different sizes from different verticals, tankers, LTL, flatbeds, participating in our vertical benchmarking program that we conduct alongside TMC. So that is helpful information when we're looking at our customers and we're pulling that data, showing them you're a truckload carrier. This is how many breakdowns you're having. This is your average cost per breakdown, et cetera, comparing you to the best in class. Why are you ranking so differently? And as you had mentioned, comparing against yourself, assuming you're using the data that we provide, first cycle, just to kind of show you where you're at. Second cycle, we would expect to see these improvements. And that's where you really get that basis of comparison where we can see that what we're doing is working. We're seeing the average number go down. We're seeing those miles between breakdowns increase. That's another important thing to be tracking that we do track here at FleetNet. Comparing against yourself is great. After about one cycle with my customers, that's something that I really look forward to doing. So far, we've talked a lot about the reactive side of your business, that offering. Can you talk to us a little bit about the preventive offering that you have as well? Sure. So a little bit about our TM Care program. TM Care program, we provide a dedicated team of individuals here at FleetNet to manage the maintenance status and compliance of our customers' assets. We team with our customers to develop a unique program that meets their needs. And we work alongside the customer's team to improve operational process, again, acting as that extension. We do essentially manage everything from beginning to end full cycle, but really we need to know when that unit's available to get out there and do the inspection. We'll work alongside those fleet managers determining the best time and location. It will let you know that you've got this inspection coming up. We wanna get ahead of it. We've got a couple of weeks here, a month here to look at it. When's best for you? FleetNet will set up that inspection based off of the availability and location of the unit anywhere in the country. That's a great tool for our customers to have as opposed to waiting for that unit to get back to their location should they have a shop on site or even worse off when it's too late. We communicate regularly with our service providers to make sure that the expectations are met. Again, back to the cost that those are managed at the local level. We give our customers more control and insight into what their actual maintenance costs are. As I mentioned before, through the TM Care program, the invoices are audited for accuracy and cost. We're not even going to send it your way unless we feel that it's appropriate. So that's a great service added for that as well. With this program, we do provide estimates to the customers on the repairs. We'll work with the teams again on those policy and warranty captures. In most cases, we can integrate with our customers' maintenance systems to transmit the data and the costs directly over and provide the fleet management tools that the customers need to achieve the highest preventative maintenance compliance at the lowest total cost. That's the whole purpose behind TM Care. Warranty comment that you just made made my ears burn a little bit. That's something that we hear a lot about from our customers, from trucking mm-hmm. owners, is that the people who run successful maintenance programs seem to have a champion within their group or an expert within their group on warranty management. So can you talk a little bit about how an outside service like yours could help a carrier manage through the warranty maze that exists? Well, we can only act off of the information we're provided. So if we are provided with the warranty information on a particular unit or system, what do we need to capture that? What sort of documentation do we need? We need to get it to the particular dealer, things of that nature. We know that we've got it's a Peterbilt unit. We need to get it to a Peterbilt repair shop to capture that warranty. And it may be 15 miles past where we were originally going to take it. Well, then we're going to take it there and make sure that we do what we need to do to get that warranty captured. 
But again, it's how we set up the profile. If we don't set it up with any of that information, then it'll be difficult to manage, meaning that unit list. If we're working directly with the fleet managers and location managers, and they see a request for service come in, say the driver calls it in directly, and they know they've been having issues with this transmission, they know that this is going to be a warranty issue, then chances are they're going to reach out directly to their fleet manager and say, hey, this is what I need you to do to support me in making sure that we capture the warranty available. Mary, one of the things that you mentioned was you talk about your team care. And Gary, you teed it off well by saying, what do we do on the prevention side? And that's where we need to spend more time, I think, as carriers, because preventative maintenance is how you lower your costs. The trucking companies we know that are much more profitable and are considered to be some of the best out there are hawks when it comes to preventative maintenance. And that's how they avoid a lot of the unnecessary downtime. When it comes to the scheduling of preventative maintenance, they make it a priority. Mary, can you talk a little bit more about that in your perspective with clients of, hey, these are some things that our clients do that make them very successful when they work with us. With the TM Care program, the kind of the beauty of it is that it takes it all out of your hands. That being said, we are monitoring the calendar life cycle of your units and letting you know what needs to be done, when it needs to be done. And this is our plan for executing that. These are the estimates that we've come up with. Again, going back to the availability of that unit downtime, not taking a unit necessarily out of service is a big deal. Knowing that if it's at a driver's house overnight, can we get somebody there? If it's on a yard that allows vendors to make repairs, can we get it done there? As opposed to, like I said, waiting to get that back to the yard or waiting to get that to your preferred vendor network in a particular area, which then will result in even more downtime for that unit. We're handling it from beginning to end the entire cycle. I see the most success with the customers that are communicative with the fleet managers. That's what I would say. It's one thing the customers don't have the time to go out and do this and schedule this on their own and find the vendors and track everything. That's understandable, but we need to see that communication between the fleet managers on the customer side and the fleet managers on the fleet net side. That's everything, that marriage right there and that relationship. And again, as I had mentioned before, or acting as that extension. The, the fleet managers on the fleet net side really do familiarize themselves with the unit. They get to a point with the fleet managers and know that working relationship where it's almost like, hey, this is what we need to do and when we need to do it. And the fleet manager issues that work order or that PO number and we move forward with it. Seeing the communication on both sides, obviously the fleet net side, we can manage on our side, but on the customer side, it's very important that we get that green light as soon as possible so we can proceed and not have to do the multiple emails or phone calls back and forth to try and get it scheduled. Gary, what I'm hearing a lot is need to do versus nice to do. If you're going to work with an outside vendor and say, hey, we want to use FleetNet to help with our preventative maintenance. When FleetNet says this is coming up due, then you dispatcher need to recognize this is now a need to do item. I think it's really no different if you think about it than a random drug check. So fleet managers historically are the ones that get involved with that in terms of making sure their driver is sent to the correct facility to get the work done. It happens happens on a moment's notice. They know they've got to react to it. They've got to pay attention to it. If we can start thinking about maintenance that way, I think that's what Mary's pointing toward is that there's got to be good response from the operation. And to a certain level, as a trucking company owner, my company's going to get out of this what my people are willing to put into this. Very well said. Mary, we very much appreciate your time with us today. But before we sign off, a couple of things. First is, how can our listeners get a hold of you if they want to reach out and learn a little bit more about FleetNet? Well, they can send a carrier pigeon. You know, I accept those daily, weekly, <laughs> monthly. Um, or we could revert back to email, which would be Mary A, my first name, last name letter, Mary A at FleetNetAmerica.com or directly at 312 
1-800-520-8093. Perfect, Mary. I appreciate that. And lastly, if you are going to leave our listeners with a takeaway or two about how they can improve their maintenance or what they should be looking at to see if they can save a little bit of money in their maintenance and lower their maintenance costs, what's a takeaway or two you might give them? I would say no better time than now. And I would say that any time of the year, but actually now knowing that we're just a quarter away from a fresh start of a new year, there's always going to be something that pops up. There's always going to be something that takes priority. But at the end of the day, looking at a PL, we're looking at what our spend is. It shouldn't be just at that moment that you're trying to get a grasp on it of how you can fix it. I think it's great that there's so many providers out there. There's a lot of companies offering these services. It's just about finding that right fit, but you do have to kind of pick up the phone and start that process. Well, Gary, I think that wraps up another very strong conversation. We're very thankful for Mary Akavan and her time from FleetNet America. And we hope that our listeners have a couple of good takeaways in there of how they can look at maintenance, maybe a rock to uncover a little bit and find some more savings. Gary, what jumped out at you? I just think that the benefits of a good maintenance program that probably goes unsaid. People assume that that's necessary to run a trucking company, but great reminder for us that the benefits of having a good maintenance program go far beyond the cost of the maintenance itself, but they add benefits to a company in terms of retention and they add benefits to a company in terms of being able to service the customer with on-time deliveries. That's exactly right, Gary. And I think it comes down to asking questions, asking questions of your maintenance program, whether you're doing it in sourcing or you're outsourcing it, digging into that data. How long do your drivers have to wait when they have issues? What's your average downtime? Is your equipment a pain point for retaining people or is it a selling point for being able to recruit and retain good drivers? But look at that data benchmark, especially against yourself to make sure you keep improving at a minimum, just start watching your maintenance data and you'll get smarter at maintenance and you'll get more effective and you'll find cost savings in there. I think that's a lot of what I took away. There are a lot of different maintenance strategies out there. And I think a lot of them can be very successful. The the most successful companies are just consistent executors. They execute the strategy that they set forth, whether you're going to be a person outsources, whether you're going to be a person who does a lot of maintenance and tries to get the absolute maximum life out of the trucks or more of a, we run them, we run them hard, then we get rid of them type of philosophy. Whatever the philosophy is, just make sure that you execute it with significant discipline. Looking forward to some upcoming conversations, Gary. I know you and I have had a variety of different discussions off air, but I think with as much as we see going on in the industry about mergers and acquisitions, big companies, small companies, there's a lot going on in that space. Independent contractor never goes away. And I know nuclear verdicts as well continues to be a hot button issue. You're right, Doug. There certainly is a lot to talk about and a lot of issues to be addressed within the industry. Hopefully we're able to help carriers and owners with that as we go through these podcasts. No matter what we're talking about, though, it always seems to come down to really three things. And you mentioned it earlier, but I'll repeat it if I can. Have a strategy, execute on that strategy, and use the data, use the findings that you get through your research to make the changes you need to make to continue to operate the way you want to. Really, I think that holds true no matter what topic we're talking about. And we're looking forward to talking about many different topics down the road on these podcasts. Well, thank you everyone for joining us again on the Grop Pod. And until next time, be safe out there.